Hey, you hear it all the time, 50 properties, 60 properties or more, but what about 60 properties, 60K of cash flow, and only eight buildings? Rafa Loza is doing just that. We're gonna show you how here on the Fearless Investor Podcast. If you are serious about building your short-term rental business to 10,000, 20,000, maybe even $30,000 a month or more, you have come to the right place. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast, where we teach you all things short-term rentals. The best guests, the best tools, the best strategies. There are so many investing paths out there. It can be seriously overwhelming to start out as a new investor, but take it from me, short-term rentals is the best and the quickest way to build your cash flow. So buckle up, listen in, and get ready to conquer the world of short-term rentals. Here we go. Big opportunity here to get Mount for three months for free. Have you even checked out Mount yet? If you haven't, you need to. Extra streams of revenue, unique amenities for your guests, and absolutely no risk. Think about it this way, offering bikes, golf carts, kayaks, paddle boards, and so much more to your guests with none of the liability while getting paid for those extra amenities. And Mount takes care of everything, payments, insurance, GPS tracking, and there's no cost to get started. You can start making as much as $300 or more per door per month. If you sign up with Mount right now, you're going to get a free consultation and that free three months. Absolutely no risk. It's worth it. Go check it out. Just go to the show notes to get your free three months started. Okay, welcome in. I'm really excited about this one. Rafa Loza, when I met him, it was on Clubhouse, which is where a lot of us have met uh, in this Airbnb coaching space. But Rafa had right around six or seven properties. I knew he was in California, just south of me, but you know, I, I heard this guy and I was like, man, I can't believe this guy doesn't have more properties because he just, he was so polished. He knew what he was doing. But what I didn't know was that he was in his infancy stages. And now today, as we recorded this podcast, over 60 properties, this guy in literally a year and a half has gone from six to 60. It's crazy. And he's done it mainly through the arbitrage model in apartment buildings. And, and that is the exciting thing. I mean, when I look at this, it does, it, you know, when you hear 60 properties in a year and a half, you're like, how? But then when you hear, oh, they're all in just about eight buildings, now it makes sense. And he's going to show us exactly how he's done that in one market and how he's been able to really leverage relationships to be able to get there. And if you are not already, well, I don't care if you have one property or like Rafa have 60 properties. If you're not already using Price Labs, you need to use Price Labs. I talk about it all the time because not only is Price Labs a sponsor of ours, but I use it and it's completely changed my business. And I really want to see you using it as well. Go to fearlesskyle.com forward slash Price Labs to start automating your pricing and calendar processes and to increase occupancy, increase prices, and also reduce all of your headaches that you're putting into the time that you're probably manually pricing everything. You don't want to be manually pricing. You want to automate that. So go to fearlesskyle.com forward slash price labs, get your free 30-day trial plus an onboarding training to get started. Now let's get to it with Rafa Loza. Can you just catch people up really quick? Because you've got an amazing story. Um, can you share with everyone um, what got you in and especially kind of what has developed your portfolio to be at 64 units now today? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I started about five, a little bit over five years ago, and I wanted to get into real estate investing. And I quickly realized in my market in SoCal that it was going to be very difficult to actually purchase a cash flowing property unless you right. had a significant amount of money for the down payment. And um, I didn't let that stop me. I want, I knew that there was other avenues of real estate that I could get into to be able to acquire some kind of cash, right? And so I started doing research on like wholesaling, flipping, any type of different real estate avenue. And I came across short-term rentals. 
um, met met some kids that were driving a Ferrari out in Hollywood, and we asked what they were doing. And they're like, "Hey, we Airbnb units." And I was like, "Oh, cool." He's like, "But we have a bunch in an apartment building." And I was like, "Oh, you can do that." I was like, "I I know what Airbnb is, right?" So I started doing research. Come come to find out that it's basically short term rentals. Airbnb is right. the marketing platform we yeah. use. And so I was like, okay, I can take other people's property, rent it out, and then put it on Airbnb myself and make a profit on this, like a spread on the rent. So I I, I started deep, like really diving deep into it. And I started making phone calls. I learned about it and started calling property management companies. And finally, about six months later, after hundreds of no's, they said, yeah, hey, we'll give you a shot. Can you pay the rent? There was a, a 120 unit building that was going through a heavy remodel. Um, they had about 60 units vacant. And so they were excited to have me there. I took it over. It was a two bedroom apartment. It started with uh, $6,000 and a $9,000 credit card that my brother let me borrow and burnished it, got it set up two weeks in, I made the $6,000 back. And a month later, I made $6,000 in profit. And I was like, whoa, I just made more money than what I did at my job. Like I'm going full in on this and the rest is history. I mean, I've scaled significantly through relationships mainly, which is building really good relationships with investors, building really good relationships with property management companies. Um, now I have a portfolio, five years later, I have a portfolio of 64 short-term rentals, 62 I own, two I, uh, uh, sorry, 62 I arbitrage, two I own. And now I'm working on closing a hotel. Um, and so it's it's been a fun journey. That's kind of where, where it's going. And it all started with, just an idea and you only had $6,000 to your name. I think that's so powerful, right? Because when when I talk to a lot of people in this industry, you know, the big thing is, you know, low barrier of entry, but still even some people, you know, don't even have that $500 saved up in their bank account and they're scared to get started. But one of the key things I heard you say there is that you were able to borrow or use a uh, a brother's credit card. Uh, tell me a little bit more about about how that went down. Yeah, so I actually had about twenty thousand dollars saved. So I've always been kind of an entrepreneur, and I had a business, and I had about a little bit under twenty grand saved. And um, in the meantime, I was I, I ended up I left that business and I started doing a regular nine to five, which was a graveyard shift, and the cost of living was more expensive than I was making. So that money slowly started getting eaten up. And um, when I found came across short term rentals, I was like, I'm gonna go in all, all in on this. And um, I couldn't use the 20000 for a down payment anyway to cash flow on a property. So I was like, I ended up getting to a point where I finally got approved on that property. I kind of check my account. It's only got six grand in it. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to afford this. Um, so I called my brother and I was like, hey, dude, I got this really great business idea. You want to invest? Let me borrow. Let me see what you got. And he's like, well, I, I got a credit card you can use. It's got about nine grand on it right now. And I was like, give it to me. And um, we're twins. So he's always kind of supported me. I've always supported him. So it's it, it was more of like, I believe in you. Here it is. Do your thing. And um, man, am I glad he did because it's gotten me to where I'm at now. Is he still part of the business or was that just your jump start? Yeah. So he, um, I gave him a percentage of that first unit that we opened with that credit card. And I paid back the credit card like as a monthly payment. But he's got his own short-term rental business now. He's got, I think he's got six units himself. Yeah. He's, he just started a year ago and uh, he's crushing it. That's awesome. All right, guys. So as you're listening in here, drop your questions in the comments. If you're listening and watching live here on Airbnb Masterminds, uh, Rafa is a stud. As you can tell, 62 arbitrage units. I, you know, I guess one of the things that really sticks out to me here, Rafa, is most people start with arbitrage and then they start going into either owning or, you know, co-hosting and managing. Um, but let's just kind of take why you stayed in that route of, of, arbitrage and especially financially, like were your deals that you were getting, were they funding the next ones or were you having to go and raise money? 
Yeah. So the reason to answer your first part, the reason why I'm still in it is going back to that first part. I made really good relationships with investors who just keep offering me properties. It's like, hey, dude, I just bought a building. Do you want it? Hey, I got 10 new units coming up. Do you want it? Hey, I just got this single family. It's going to be ready. Do you want it? And me knowing how good of a market it is and the amount of money I'm going to make from it, it'd be dumb for me to say no, especially because the bar of entry is still super low, right? I can start with 10 grand in cash flow that make that 10 grand back in about seven months and then just continue to cash flow $1,500 on average every single month for the life of that one unit. So because of that, I've grown it so large. I've, I'm taking over entire apartment complexes. So there's like an eight unit, a 12 unit complex. I got eight in that 12 unit. Um, there's a 24 unit complex. There's a 30 unit complex, a bunch of smaller, comp like smaller complexes and also a bunch of single families. And it's just investors that like me. They like the way I operate and mm. they like the way I am. So they just offer them to me. And then to answer your second part, it's been self-funded for the most part. Now it's been self-funded. I'm just large enough to where I can open units at once. But I've, I've done a lot of creative financing. I've borrowed money from family members. I've borrowed money from friends. I've never taken any actual true investment money because arbitrage isn't really a sustainable for like outside money like that. Right. But for people who want to invest a small amount and they're happy with the passive return, they've always come to me and offered me money. And I've done a lot of working capital loans and I've done a lot of personal loans as well. Nice. So with the working capital and the personal loans, uh, can you just dive in a little bit deeper into that? Is that through the banks? Yeah, absolutely. So the working capital was actually through a bank, a private bank, um, way back in the day when it, it was kind of barely getting started. I don't remember the name of them, but they gave me, it was $20,000. I had to pay it back in 18 months and the interest was going to be like $6,000 on top. So it was a little bit expensive, but I was able to open two units with it. I actually paid them back in 12 months, which worked out anyway. And then the second working capital was through PayPal. So what I do is I deposit all of my Airbnb deposits, payouts to my business PayPal account. And then from there, I transfer it to my business bank account. So all those deposits are coming from Airbnb to PayPal. And I'm building that PayPal report and that that like deposit um, history. So then after about 90 to 120 days, they go, hey, we see that you're just depositing a crazy amount of money. You can either get a business loan or go and apply for a working capital loan. Um, they've offered me up to $100,000 now. Problem is that you got to pay it back really fast, right? Um, well, there's ways around it still, but um, yeah. Long story short, I, I borrowed twenty thousand from them also, and from that for them, I had to pay them back twenty four grand, which was cheaper than that other first one, and it yeah. works out. I, I took it open two units. That's a ninja tip right there, though. I mean, so I actually have not heard of anyone utilizing PayPal that way, but I get all those emails, I get all those letters saying, "Hey, do you want to take out a PayPal loan?" Um, I hadn't realized that that uh, is something that anyone is actually going for. That's great. So those terms sound pretty favorable, though, compared to some other ones that you were getting. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, PayPal, like anybody listening to this go, and you're running a short-term rental, start doing all your deposits to PayPal. So, for example, the 24, the 24000 I had to pay back, it was in two years. But I ended up paying it back super fast. But if you go through some sort of hardship, they take percentage of your deposits. So you can just start slowly removing some payouts. And as long as you pay a certain percentage back every month, they're okay with it. It's in their terms of service. So you don't actually have to pay back the whole like 30% that they're going to deduct. It's only a certain amount of payment. So it's a really, really good way to, to grow and scale that business. But the personal loan though, um, it was a friend of mine and I, she's like, Hey, she had, a, I helped her get started with the short-term rental. She was just too busy. And she's like, Hey, I have 20 grand. I was like, Hey, let me borrow them. I'll just I'll give you the same terms that PayPal was giving me. I'll give you back $4,000. Um, as a matter of fact, I'll pay you back in 12 months just because you're my friend. I'll make it super uh, favorable. And uh, she gave me 20 grand, paid her back 24 in 12 months. And I actually opened two units with that as well. That's great. 
I love your model. So it sounds like what a combine of the 64 units, what you're in maybe seven or eight buildings or how many buildings in total would you say? Uh, that's a great question. So I have, um, and do you have any single family homes? I guess that's, I do. Question. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I have several single family homes, a couple duplexes, a couple quadplexes. Out of all those, I have 16 in a 30 unit complex. I have an eight unit complex. I have a eight in a 12 unit complex. So that's three buildings so far. I have three in, in a fourplex. So that's a fifth building. Uh, I'm sorry, a fourth building. And then I have 18 in a 24 unit complex. So that's the fifth building. Nice. So I think it's a total of like seven or eight buildings. Yeah. Together. And well, actually, sorry. So it's actually five buildings, but then the rest that on top of that are like single families and duplexes just kind of scattered around. So let's go back to the first. You, you said you just have a lot of relationships with real estate investors and, you know, these, uh, these people who have larger buildings. Go back to that first one. How did you find that person? How'd you have that conversation? Why, did, why were they attracted to renting to you instead of a long-term, um, multiple long-term tenants? Just kind of take us through that first experience. Yeah. So in order for me to go into that, I want to give you guys a, a quick backstory, right? Just so, and, and Kyle, so you're aware, like the 60, 62 arbitrage units, I've actually done that from 58 of those started last March. Wow. So I've built out 58 from March to today. Um, so it's been significant just this year uh, in the past, what, year and seven months for my growth, right? For the first four years, I was doing nothing but property management companies and working with small investors here and there, but nothing crazy, nothing like taking over buildings. When COVID hit, I had to get out of a building and I had to shut down like 19 units or something like that. I don't remember off the top of my head. And so when I came back to it, I had all this furniture laying around and I, I, didn't no longer really wanted to get into short-term rentals because it kind of became a little bit boring for me. It was more of like, uh, I need something new in my life. Mm. But then I came to this crossroads where I was like, I was going to get into fi fix and flips. And I was like, should I do fix and flips or should I continue to do short-term rentals? And I'm like, dude, Rafa, like I kind of had like a heart to heart with myself. And I was like, you know, this business really well. Yeah. You know how to build relationships really well. You have all this furniture laying around. Why would you start something new? Go and figure out what to do. Right. So it was more of like, a, I had my back was against the wall. I had to figure out where to go. And so we we found uh, a, a small 12 unit complex that was just brand new rehab. And I was like, wait a second, these guys will take us. Because remember, when I first started, they had 60 vacant units. So they're desperate to get these places booked up because they don't want to have vacancy. So I called this investor up. Um, actually, my business partner calls the investor up at the time. And I come in and I close the deal and I show up. And he goes, listen, man, the first thing he says to me before I even walk in the door, it's an eight unit, a 12 unit, beautiful complex. He goes, listen, man, I don't want any Airbnb in this building. Okay. And, I, and so I look at him and I go, okay, before I get to how I use Airbnb, let me tell you what I actually do. And then we'll talk about how I use Airbnb. And he's like, okay. And so I tell him, listen, I do short-term rentals. I do corporate housing. I do a lot of like midterm stuff. And I basically explained to him like the entire business model. I lease these out and we provide them to business people, um, families who are leisure for Disneyland. Uh, medical professionals for the Chalk Children's Hospital and, and UCI, like the major like heart surgery location. And after all that happens, I use Airbnb just as that marketing platform to be able to acquire customers and also fill in vacancies because I can't go on vacant and Airbnb is a huge platform that brings in a lot of customers. And I go, so similar to how you found me, I mean, similar how I found you on um, rent.com, well, Airbnb is the same thing, except they acquire short-term customers, not long-term customers. You found me, uh, I'm sorry, I found you on rent.com as a long-term customer because now I'm going to lease your place out long-term. Well, I'm going to get my customers short-term through Airbnb. Same concept, different website. And mm -hmm. he was like, ah, okay. He's like, are you going to use it 
And I was like, look, I'm not going to lie to you. There will be times where I will use it 100% to get booked the entire month, but there will be times where I'll only use it maybe 40, 50% of the time because I have a lot of good connections here. And um, I did because when I was in Fullerton, I had a ton of like direct booking connections with like uh, hospitals and um, restaurants and like contractors and stuff like that. And so he's like, well, you know, I don't know how I feel about it. And I was like, look, before you say anything else, how about you give me, try me out, give me one shot. I go, I'll show you what I've done in the past. I'll send you my website. Um, I'll show you my bank account so you know I can pay the rent. I can take this entire building right now if you want me to. And he's like, wait, what? You can do all of them? I was like, I'll take all 12 today. But since we don't know each other, give me a shot. I'll take one unit and then we'll go from there. And he's like, that's fair. I can work with that. And so I was like, cool. We signed the lease on the first one. Two two weeks in, not even finishing setup. He comes up. He's like, hey, bro, would you like another one? Because <laughs> he saw how good we were setting the place yeah. up. Like it was like we had a designer in there. All of the furniture was like beautiful. The place was looking really nice. Walls were getting painted. And he was like, you want another one? And I was like, bro, I'll take the entire building. And I make a joke about this with him all the time because we're really good friends now. And he's like, well, maybe just one more. And I was like, all right. Literally, dude, two weeks later, you want another one? And I was like, bro, just give me the whole building. Yeah. And he's like, uh, and then a month later, I had eight out of the 12 in the building. And that's from there. He, I, With him alone, I think I have 39 properties that came from him. Now it's like every day. It's like, I just turned down three of his last week because I just don't want to add any more arbitrage. That's that's so good. The the two things that I just heard right there was first of all, confidence, right? You you go in and you're, you are fully confident. You know that you're going to run this better than anyone else out there and any long-term tenant. And then when he started asking you the tough questions, you didn't tell him what he wanted to hear. You, you gave him the straight up answers. You gave him transparency. I think those two things are the key to really good relation, like developing really good relationships right out of the gate with real estate investors, with realtors, with real estate professionals. They just want to see that you know what you're doing and they want to get the truth. They don't want to get the BS. And so um, how, but, but going on, I mean, I, I'm assuming you said now that you're like really good friends with this guy. What was it that continuing this relationship, what was the key beyond there to get him to say, all right, now I've got another building and wanted to keep on sending you more business was was there any any other key thing there it was actually exactly what you said it was the transparency yeah. the confidence and sticking true to my word a lot of people will like right now there's a lot of like people teaching arbitrage saying hey you're gonna do corporate housing and then they go into a building and and these corporate housing companies or, or the management company thinks that they're housing their own employees or housing like 30-day minimums not knowing that they're actually using airbnb the fact that I told them the way how I use Airbnb, the fact that I explained how good the type of customers that we're going to be attracting, that's what actually made it a better relationship because he's he was like, dude, he was like lingering for a long time. Like he would drive around and check. And it, I got lucky because the first reservation I had was actually a direct booking for a company. And this guy pulls up in like this like $160,000 like AMG wagon. And he was like, oh, this guy's not BSing me. Right. And this guy's got actual real customers in here. And it was a business guy. He was there for like, I think like 26 days. And so, so the next, the, the second time I got an Airbnb guest, we had a problem because he saw them smoking outside. And I was like, Hey brother, like, this is what the issue, this is what's going on, but this is how we're handling. It. And he saw it firsthand and he was like, ah, okay, cool. And then once we started after the first month and we started getting turns, I brought him in and I was like, check it out. Look how good it looks still. It's been already a month and a half. And he was like, man, this place looks better than he's like, I just have to pay a cleaner right now to go and clean this one unit um, that just became vacant. And it was a disgusting mess. I was like, you'll never have that with us because when I leave this place, it's going to look exactly the same that you gave it to me. And then that's kind of how it started. He just started seeing how well I was doing, holding true to my word about the customers I was attracting, the way I was running the business. He really just appreciated it. Yeah. I mean, literally everything you're saying here, th this is how simple this business is, right? You bring confidence, you bring transparency, and then you do what you say you're going to do. 
And the leads just start to come. I, I, I feel like a lot of people complicate this business and say, I need to have the perfect mm -hmm. script. I need to have the perfect legal documents. I need to have, you know, the exact exact location of the exact property because I don't want to lose. Like we overcomplicate this thing, right? Every single person that has built this business quickly has done it based on just developing really good relationships. And that's, and you're, yep. you're the perfect example of that. So congratulations, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're literally spot on. I tell people all the time, listen, I can give you the script, but it's not going to work. It's how confident you are and how yeah. well you answer these questions. It's, it's going to make the difference. Yeah. So good. So Tashiana King is loving this. She's commenting and she just said gold and she's saying this is one of the best ones yet. But she did ask two things I want to bring in here really quick. She wants to see some of your listings. Are you on Facebook? I don't know if you are. I am. So I, it's it's not updated. So I do have a personal Facebook. Um, if you go on my personal Facebook, uh, my cover photo is actually one of my lofts with the big mural that we, we painted. You'll see that one there. But I have an actual Facebook page called Night in Rain, and it'll take you to my direct booking website, which is nightinrain.com. Um, not all my properties are on there. I think we only have maybe 20 properties on there right now because I haven't updated the website. But yeah, I, I'm on Facebook. I mean, we can I can show some. Yeah. Well, nightandrain.com. And then, yeah, if we want to show some here, I'll, I'll give you the opportunity to share your screen while you're doing that and bringing those up. Uh, she did have another question and said, uh, what are the terms uh, that you offer your family and friends when you loan money out? Or when they when you uh, when they loan you money? Yeah, so great question. The first one that I that I did with that credit card, I gave my brother thirty three percent of profit, which is a lot. It's high. Yes. And I gave him thirty three percent of profit, and I also paid back the credit card myself as a monthly payment long term. But I did that because you might be thinking, hey, well that's crazy. Why would you give a third of your profit? But think, keep in mind, if it wasn't for that, I never would have started. So to me, it was a win win. He's willing to give me something. I'm willing to give something back. Same thing with my parents. When they let me borrow 10 grand for my third unit, I was like, hey, I'll give you guys 33%. And then I'll give you another example. I had a friend of mine. He he heard about what I was, what I was doing, known him since high school. And he's like, hey, I got about 30 grand that I've been saving since high school. He's all, do you want me to invest it with you? And the fact that he believed in me and, and wanted to invest with me, I was like, yeah, give it to me. We'll open some units and I'll give you, I think I offered him 33% for five years only. I think we're on the fourth year. I've already given him back his 30 grand and he's already making profit. But the, the reason why I did that is because once I gave him back his money, he actually just came back to me and gave me another $25,000. So, you know, now we, we've opened and we're about to buy a cabin together. We're, we're working out where we're going to use his uh, retirement account. So the terms that you give doesn't really matter what it is. You can, you can offer a percentage on the loan at 10%, 15%, 7%. Yeah. As long as both parties are happy and it's a win-win for both of you, you can offer 50%. 100%. Yeah. I mean, well, not 100%, but yeah, 50%, 10%, 7%, whatever you want. Well, that's what's great about this too, especially for arbitraging. Uh, you know, the notes are unsecured. So there's a lot of flexibility and there's there's not a industry standard, right? You know, so I, I can go straight to someone and just ask them, what do you want to make, right? And just form it that way. As long as the numbers work on both ends, then it's awesome. I know you're starting to or looking for some listings to bring up, yeah. but I do want to ask you a question because, you know, the name of what we have listed here is, you know, the riches and niches, how to maximize your market by honing in. Tell me what that means to you. Yeah, that's that's a great question. So what it means to me is if you focus and build your business in one good niche area, whether it's the short-term rental as a whole or whether it's arbitrage as a whole or whether it's a specific location in the city as a whole, you're going to be able to grow it, scale it and master it 100% and really build it as big as you want. For me, it was find really good investors that are constantly buying property focus on taking over apartment complexes rather than a bunch of scattered single families in different cities. 
I can take over one 30 unit complex in one location and that's 30 units immediately scalable, fully automated, automated, systemized, because I focused on a niche of just working with investors in very specific markets. I love it. And it, would you agree when you focus on one market and specifically one area, or especially in one building, you simplify and you don't have as many touch points. You don't have as many things to manage. You, you're able to, to zone in and not have to create a bunch of different teams. Is that what you found? Oh, 100%. So check this out. I, I have one central storage location that services, I think, 45 short-term rentals in within a 20-mile radius, right? And those 45, that's not even 20 miles. It's maybe like 10 miles because it's that eight eight units, that 12 units, that 16 and that 30 unit, right? A couple single families. So now I don't have to have 40 different storages in every single unit. Now I have one central storage where my people go and pick up what they need, go do the turns, come back and drop off the dirty linens. And it's just one system as opposed to having to order 40 different boxes of coffee. Now I just buy five boxes of coffee and they grab what they need from that one location. Same thing with linens. Instead of me having to buy a bunch of linens for every single unit and have them in each storage, now I have only a large amount that services all of them with the linen company that picks up that one specific location. They go and turn the linens. They bring them back nice, fluffed and folded. They put them away. And my my people come and grab what they need and go rather than having to go to 40 different locations every single time. That's good. That's really good, man. Wow. So, I mean, I'm I'm hearing not just not just for the management side of it, but even just in terms of expenses, that must be saving mm-hmm. you thousands per month. Oh yeah, hundred percent, man. When we implemented that, it was like game changer. I was no longer anytime I open a unit, I don't. I save the entire startup cost of linens. I see the startup cost of like coffees, you know, dish soap, uh, lotion, all that stuff. All that that startup cost that most people have to buy, it's immediately saved because they just go and start grabbing stuff from my storage, which is always supplied. That storage is always supplied. It's always got what I need. That's good. Can you dive dive a little bit deeper into what your team looks like? I'm curious, just with sixty four. Especially, I know you're in a couple different markets. Let's just focus on the one market. Five to seven buildings there with 60 plus units. I mean, I'm, that feels like it's not... Anyway, I'll, I'll stop answering for you. You tell me, what does your team look like? <laughs> yeah. So number one, we have a lot of cleaning people. Um, I think we have eight cleaners here in this one specific market in SoCal. Um, maybe more. Sometimes they bring more on. We have weekends. So actually, we have about 12 people, 12 cleaners. But I think only six of them actually are during the week. And then the weekend grows, we have more people on the weekends. Mm. Then we have a maintenance person who manages maintenance um, across all those units. And it's only on-call maintenance. So it's not like a full-time maintenance person. It's an on-call maintenance person. And then I have a, what I call a runner. So if I can't get the stuff delivered within two hours from like Target or like Amazon overnight or something like that, then we call this person and they handle emergency situations like, hey, a bed broke and we need to go and buy like an inflatable mattress for right now to keep these people happy. Something like that. And they'll go out and deliver it. And then now, so now I, well, sorry, before I get to this, I also have a full guest communication team of virtual assistants. Currently we have three, um, I'm sorry, four virtual assistants that manage my entire guest communications around the clock. Um, they deal with all my customer service for um, my guests. They deal with my um, Airbnb rep situations. I, I do. I work with them once a week. We have weekly calls, and then I guide them through things. We create SOPs and stuff like that. 
right now what I'm about. So that's basically it. That's the entire team in, in a gist here. I, I don't think I'm missing anybody else. But also the maintenance guys, some of these buildings have their own maintenance people. So that, that makes it a big help as well, which is why I like taking over apartment complexes. Mm-hmm. Because those people will already have a maintenance person. So I don't have to hire or do an on-call maintenance person. I just call them up and go, hey, this, this unit B has got an issue. Can you go fix it? And they'll go and repair it. But now, because I'm so large, I'm actually going to hire a, a, a operations manager. So as you start to scale and you start to grow and add more units, a lot of problems start to arise. Like things fall through the crack. Oh, firsthand, yep. right? Like there's a lot of scuffs on the walls that we haven't fixed in a while. AC filters aren't getting replaced or cleaned. Yep. Um, batteries aren't being changed in like smoke detectors, things like that. The little little things that you can't manage or have your cleaners do for you every single time because you right. you have too many things going on. This person's going to step in and start handling all that stuff for me. And I'll have them maybe like, I might start them off at part-time, maybe 25 hours a week or something where they just go and do a, an inspection, do an update, change batteries, like all that fun stuff. That's good. Cool, man. Well, I, I think you've got a listing ready to show us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I got several. So I'm going to share, you, you give me share screen. Cool. Yeah. You should be able to. So I'm actually in my actual Airbnb account. So you guys can see this. So this is one of my accounts with 25 listings on it. And uh, I'll show you guys, this is a loft one that I was telling you guys about. Let me preview it up here on the left. So this oh, is one good. of the listings here. Part of downtown Santa Ana, 98 walk score, AC, arts district, 3D mural loft. So this is the, the loft. So it's just a big open loft area. Uh, Did you, guys you add see? that art or was that already there? No, I added it. We had to, I had a street artist come in and paint this. Wow, that's beautiful, man. So this is it. It's huge. Yeah, it's, a, it's an entire, I don't even know how big it is. It's gigantic. Do you know how much um, that cost you? Yeah, it cost me forty-seven hundred bucks for this entire bureau. Yeah, wow. it paid itself over. Oh, I'm sure. I don't know how many times. This was we went actually went. It's funny I see these cables here. I don't like that. But uh, so let's see. Same thing. You see, you guys see the sculptures behind me. Some yeah. of my sculptures are here. Some of my art that I've done, I put on here. Nice. Because we made this kind of like the mural. Like we made this like the art. Like because it's a, an art uh, district area. Cool. But the loft is upstairs. It's got this industrial feel to it. So I, I can show another one if you want me to show another one. Yeah, we got time for one more. Okay. Let me see. I'll do I'll do my new one in uh, in Milwaukee for you guys. So this is a Milwaukee uh, duplex. This is one side to it. So this one's brand new. We just started it, but uh, it's pretty much this is more of like a classier style. Uh, yeah. This is a, one of the sides of the duplex. So we, you know, as you guys can see, like I bring a designer in, they do their thing. I don't do any of the design work. Uh, I love this one because they did like the black molding, the back black fireplace, like just, everything was just perfectly picked. I mean, look at this place. That's awesome. Right. So this was a full remodel. Actually, this is one of the ones I own. So this is an arbitrage unit. I own this one. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So this is the bedroom. Very nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, Rafa, that this is awesome, man. Thank you so much. By the way, we got another comment. Wow, Milwaukee looks great. So yeah, thank you for for jumping on here. Um, how can people get connected with you? Yeah, the best way is to find me on Instagram. It's Rafa underscore L0ZA. So Rafa Loza with the zero. And then I have a podcast called The Big Break Show. You guys can check it out. Uh, we bring people on all the time and talk about entrepreneurship, mindset, some short-term rental stuff. And then on Facebook, Facebook's Rafa Loza. Awesome. Rafa, you are the man. Thank you so much for helping our audience to conquer the world of short-term rentals and Airbnb today. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. See how simple this business can be if you just get the right relationships and you really pour value into those relationships. Uh, this is how quickly this business can can work for you. Now, you know, of course, there is much more in-depth things that go beyond that, building the team, automating everything. But I just want you to look at this situation with Rafa and realize you're just one conversation away from that next relationship that can bring you 
five, 10, 15 properties. You're just one result away from getting one owner, the result that they're looking for, for them to start referring you to five, 10, 15 other owners. This is how this business works. And if you can just wrap your mind around that, that it really just takes one, you just need to start with one. It, it completely takes all the, the fear, the complexity out of this, of just going one step at a time, helping one person at a time. And before you know it, you're like Rafa, you're like me, you're at 60 plus properties and, and you can do that too. So if you're ready to get started, subscribe to this podcast, subscribe to my YouTube channel, go to fearlesskyle.com, check out all the things that Rafa's got going on, like just get started. And before you know it, you'll pick your head up and you'll be making you know, the six figures, maybe even seven figures. And that's my encouragement to you today. Just get started. That's it for the Fearless Investor Podcast. We're helping you to conquer the world of Airbnb. Hey, Fearless Investor community. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Fearless Investor. If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And for more free content, check out my YouTube channel, also called the Fearless Investor, and our website, www.fearlesskyle.com. Dot com. Until next time, keep on conquering the world of short-term rentals.